Welcome to a podcast from the Haven Church, Stapleford, Nottingham. Well, good morning, everybody. It is an absolute joy to be with you today. I wish it could have been face to face. Uh, but we are using the wonders of technology to connect together in the midst of a fascinating and interesting and perplexing time that we are all in. Our second little mini lockdown. That's hope it's just a mini. And that's hope we'll be out of this really soon. It's my joy and pleasure to be speaking to churches right across uh, the network. And um, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be sharing uh, the Word of God with you. And I was asked specifically to share some thoughts from my latest book. I wrote a book called Face to Face, From the Tyranny of Pretense to the Freedom of Authenticity. And I want to share some thoughts from that particular book in terms of the power of disguise. And we're going to do it by reading a story from Genesis chapter 27. And if you want to grab your Bible and uh, get ready for the reading. We'll read from verse 18. But while you're doing that, let me just give you a wee bit of context. The context of this amazing story is set in the backdrop of a pretty, well, it needs to be said, sort of dysfunctional family. And you've got Isaac, the dad. You've got Rebecca, the, 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 the mother. You've got Esau and Jacob, the children. And Esau and Jacob were twin boys uh, born to Isaac in his old age. And in fact, the, the boys, even in the mother's womb, were wrestling and fighting one another. And Rebecca went to the Lord and said, what's going on here? And the Lord said, two nations are wrestling inside you and the older will serve the younger. Now, the older ended up being Esau and the second born was Jacob. What added to the intrigue is that sort of Isaac favoured Esau, because he had a love for games, said he loved Esau. And it says that Rebecca loved Jacob. So you can see we are being set up here for some serious uh, intrigue. I mean, these lives could make an episode of EastEnders all by itself. And then to add to the, to the sort of uh, complexity of the story, um, Jacob, shall we say, buys his brother's birthright from him. Now, technically, Jacob doesn't do anything wrong. Uh, Esau really is the one who sins here, but, but Jacob really does take advantage of his brother. And he ends up buying his birthright from him for a bowl of stew, essentially Big Mac and fries. He probably went large on that, but there we are. And so this whole thing is just building and building and building. Rebecca overhears Isaac tell Esau that it is time for him to give his firstborn son the blessing. But of course, Rebecca wants that blessing for Jacob. And so while Esau's out hunting, uh, Rebecca gets Jacob ready, cooks the meal and sends Jacob in to face his father. And this is where we pick it up in Genesis 27, verse 18. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's read this together. It really is a remarkable passage. And it says this. Uh, Jacob went into his father and said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you have told me. Please sit up and eat of my game so that, I, uh, so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, how did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God <laughs> gave me success. Oh my goodness. He replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, 
Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you are really are my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, This is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he blessed him. Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am, he replied. Then he said, My son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. So Jacob brought it to him and he ate and he brought wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near my son and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, and just for the sake of time, we'll leave it there. You can read the passage for yourself and how it ends up in Genesis uh, 27. What a remarkable, remarkable moment. This is one of the greatest Oscar winning performances of the whole of the scriptures and certainly in the Torah. It represents one of the most audacious acts of deception in the whole of the scriptures. And at the heart of it is a, a desire for a young man to get something uh, encouraged and uh, helped, supported by his mother who also wants him to get that thing. And at the heart of this incredible story is a desire to reach out and be something, a desire to reach out and get something. And the terrible irony of this story is that the person Jacob is trying to be, he can never be. And the thing that he actually wants is not actually for him. And this is a tragic story at multiple levels, not just on, on the surface in, in terms of how he deceives his father and the sort of the line that goes on there. I mean, three times Isaac says to his son, you know, uh, is this for real? Three times he's given the chance to tell the truth and Jacob uh, goes for it three times, even, even saying, the Lord your God give me success. It's a, an amazing story of deception. So at that level, it's bad enough. But of course, what's driving the deception, what's driving the behaviour is actually what the Torah really wants us to get to. It's not just Jacob's actions. They are bad enough. But it's the drivers that are pushing Jacob on. And, and, and if you read a little bit before the story, Rebecca prepares Jacob to go in. She puts goat skins on his arms and his neck. She puts Esau's clothes on him. She gives him the dish. And at one point, Jacob says, what if I get caught? Uh, the curse will come on me. And Rebecca says to him, let the curse fall on me. Now, here's two adults uh, and and they, they, they haven't worked out that this behaviour is strange, that, that he's dressing up, he's wearing someone else's clothes, he is putting himself in a place of potential risk and threat, as is his mother, and yet neither of them at that point go, maybe this is a bad idea. And that's what the Torah wants us to get to. It's not just the actions, it's the drivers and the motivators that it wants us to see. The big question in this story is, why would Jacob accept his brother's clothes? Why would Jacob accept his brother's identity? Why would Jacob do all of this in the context 
of this story. And it's in answering those questions, I think, that can have an application to us in our 21st century lives. Three things, I think, that motivate these actions. Why would Jacob accept his brother's clothes? Number one, to hide who he was. To hide who he was. Jacob knows if I go into my father, now remember Isaac is blind at this stage. If I go into my father as myself, I will not get what I want. If I go into the presence of my father as myself, I will not get what I want. That's the, one of the big ideas this text wants us to get. Jacob, in order to get what he wants, has to hide himself. My goodness, the definition of disguise in the dictionary reads like this. A means of altering one's appearance to conceal one's identity. It, there's an echo there of our first parents in the garden. As soon as they sinned, says they covered up. And in fact, the, the imagery, the nuance of the Hebrew there is they covered up their genitalia. They covered up the distinctive parts of their body. They, they, they covered up their unique physical identity that God had created them to be. And it's really interesting as well that in that garden experience, God asked them three questions in the same way that Isaac asked Jacob three questions. You see, covering up is always, is always to hide who we are. And we live in a world that, that sometimes wants us to hide. We live in a world where maybe we feel we need to hide where we need to hide to protect ourselves or we need to hide to advance ourselves or we need to hide simply uh, in order to, to survive a day. But actually, in the context of our God-designed image and our God-ordained purpose, we will never have to hide who we are. And this is a big idea I want to give to you today. And I think this is what Jacob teaches is by opposite. And it's this. Here's the big idea. You will never have to wear a disguise to get what the Lord has for you. You never have to hide yourself. You'll never have to hide who you are in order to get what he has for you. He knows who you are. He knows your name. He knows where you live. He knows everything about you. We will never have to hide our God-shaped identity to get our God-ordained purpose. And as humans, we try to help God along. Here's Rebecca trying to do it. Here's Jacob trying to do it. My goodness, the Bible is full of people trying to give God a hand. But, but listen, we will never have to help God by disguising our God image to get what God has for us. And maybe somebody needs to hear that today. Hear the word of the Lord. To get what the Lord has ordained for you, you will never have to hide how God has designed you. And Jacob, in order to get what he wanted, felt he had to hide who he was. And that should always be 
a warning for us. Here's the second thing that's really important. He, he wore another's clothes, not just to hide himself, but to become who he was not. Look at the text. When confronted by his father, his father says, who is this? And he says, I am Esau, your firstborn. Now, it is one thing to hide yourself. We've all done that. It is another thing to become somebody else. So Jacob has to hide himself because he knows if he goes in here as himself, he's not going to get what he wants. But he takes a step further. He literally assumes not, doesn't just wear the clothes of Esau. Now he takes the name of Esau. I am Esau, your firstborn. You see, in hiding ourselves, we conceal ourselves. But in, in taking, in taking the, the, the next step, we are assuming a different identity. We are becoming someone else in order to get what we want. It's very dangerous. The, the, the Bible teaches us the danger of hiding your God-shaped self and assuming that by hiding that, you'll end up getting what you want to get or need to get. And actually, the Bible says you don't need to hide. And the other step is, is the danger step, is becoming someone you're not. Because the Bible wants to teach us that you'll never have to do that to get your God-shaped and God-ordained purpose. To pretend is defined this way, to make it appear that something is the case when in fact it is not. Do you know what I've discovered about pretending? It's exhausting. It is exhausting. It is much easier to live as your God-shaped self than to pretend to be somebody else. I'm pretty certain when Jacob came out of this this experience, he was completely washed out. He would have been exhausted by this experience because when you're pretending to be somebody else, everything that comes naturally doesn't come naturally. Everything you would normally do doesn't come easily. Your, your, your natural dispositions and abilities and gifts and skills have to be somehow used in a way that is not natural and not normal for you. And as a result of that, we become exhausted by the pretense. When you pretend, you've got to remember who you were the last time you were there. When you pretend, you've got to remember how you looked. When you pretend, you've got to remember how you sounded. When you pretend, you've got to remember how you behaved. And that is exhausting. And not only is it exhausting, it is futile. And Jacob teaches us this terrible, terrible principle that, that actually um, he covers himself up to hide himself, but now he assumes the identity of another. And here's what we learn. You will never have to pretend to be somebody else to get what the Lord has for you. The Lord, whatever he has for you, is for you, not the person you're pretending to be. You will never have to pretend with God. You will never have to be an Esau before God when you're a Jacob. You will never have to cover up yourself 
uh, before the Lord in order to get what he has for you. He wants you to be your authentic God-designed self before him and have the confidence and courage to be that person before the world so that he can use you, so that he can speak through you, so that he can take the person you are and uh, uh, bring his glory to the world through that authentic you. One of the things I love about the Bible is that often when God speaks to people, he calls them by name. Moses, Moses. He calls to Samuel twice. Samuel, Samuel. When, when Saul's on the road to Damascus, he speaks to Saul not only his name, but in his own language. He, he speaks the name of the person that he's calling because he, he doesn't want there to be any mistakes. He wants them to know, I'm calling you. John, I'm calling you. Jacob, I'm calling you. Moses, I'm calling you. Moses, I'm, I'm speaking to you, not to Aaron, not to your, your cousins, not to, your, to you. And the Lord wants you to have the confidence to be the person he has made you to be because he wants to speak to that person and bring that person to the fore and through that person bring his glory to his world. Pretense is exhausting and unsustainable, but in the presence of the Lord, we will never have to pretend to get what he has for us. Here's the last idea really quickly that I want to leave you with, that, that, that actually he covers himself up to hide himself. He covers himself up and by doing so, he becomes somebody else. And lastly, he wears this disguise to get what was not his. Now look at the development. He's hiding who he is. He's becoming who he's not in order to try and get what is not his. Verse 27, when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him. Now here, here's, the, here's the rub here. Here's the terrible irony. Jacob at that moment gets a blessing that was intended for Esau. It's like, it's like Jacob pushes Esau out of the way, sticks his hands, his head under the hands of his father and says, bless me. But when Isaac blesses Jacob, he's not blessing Jacob, he's blessing Esau. Isaac believes the man in front of him is Esau and therefore Jacob is getting what was meant for Esau. And therefore what Jacob is now receive, receiving, he was never designed to receive. So in hiding himself, he's covered himself up. In disguising himself, he's become someone else. And because of those two decisions, he's now getting something he was never designed to carry and never meant to have. And therefore, he's never going to be able to sustain. Later on, when it all comes out in the wash of what Jacob has done and ironically then Jacob has to run from home and there's a whole story to that as well. Isaac then blesses Jacob in chapter 28 and here's what he says to him. May God Almighty bless you and may he make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now live as an alien, the land God gave to Abraham. Now look at this, look at this. This second blessing in chapter 28 was meant to be the first blessing. 
Jacob now gets a blessing that links him to his grandfather Abraham. And that blessing in Genesis 28 is almost identical to the blessing that Isaac received in chapter 26. This is the blessing he was meant to have. And remember now, Isaac is blessing not... Jacob, because he thinks he's Esau, Isaac is now blessing Jacob because he's Jacob. It's Jacob now in front of Isaac, and Isaac is giving him what he should have got in the first place. And that's a powerful idea to each of us. Here's the third lesson I want you to get. You will never have to break the rules. You will never have to manipulate your environment in order to get what the Lord has for you. If you have to break the rules, if you have to manipulate the environment, what you're after is not from God. It's what you want. It's what I want. And that's exactly what's going on in this story. Jacob, from the moment he was born, was born grasping. And he was grasping for something that was never his. But in order to get what's not meant for you, you've got to hide who you are. You've got to become somebody else. And then maybe you'll get what you want. But here's the terrible irony. Even when he got what he wanted, it wasn't what God wanted for him. God had something different for him. Dare I say it? God had something better for him. And listen to me, man, woman of God. You'll never have to cheat. You'll never have to break the rules. You'll never have to manipulate. You'll never have to deceive. You'll never have to go through situations like this in order to get what God wants for you. Now, you may have to do that to get what you want, but you'll never have to do it to get what he wants. Listen to me carefully. Jacob, in this most audacious act of deception the Bible has ever seen, and the Torah, you know, people just scratch their head looking at this. In this incredible audacious act of deception, Jacob teaches us, you will never have to cover up who you are to get what the Lord has for you. You will never have to become someone else in order to get what the Lord has for you. You will never have to manipulate or cheat or deceive or break the rules in order to get what the Lord has for you because in the midst of it, we are called to trust the promise that what he said, he will do. We are called to trust in his power that actually he can He can get me and you from A to B he can do that because he is the almighty and powerful God and we are called to trust his processes. You see, in reality, Rebecca and Jacob did not trust the promise. They did not trust his power and they did not trust his process. They took his word and they made their own plan because they believed that their plan would be better than God's. Now, at the end, the Lord works it all out because he's gracious and he's good. But we must not allow the graciousness and blessing of God at the end of the story to eclipse the brokenness of this moment in the story. Jacob, Rebecca are making catastrophic mistakes that only God can fix and repair. They disguise who they are in Jacob. They disguise in such a way that Jacob has to become someone else. And they disguise in such a way that he ends up getting what he was never meant to have. Ladies and gentlemen, hear the word of the Lord. You never will have to wear a disguise. 
you will never have to hide yourself. You will never have to become somebody else and you will never have to manipulate your world in order, in order to receive the God-ordained purpose of your life. If you will have the confidence and faith to live in your God-shaped identity, to trust his promise, to trust his power and to trust his process. May the Lord deliver us from the power of disguise, from the tyranny of pretense. And may each of us learn to live in the freedom of our God-shaped, authentic selves. So Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for my brothers and sisters right now, wherever they are, whatever journey they are on, may they be liberated into the freedom of authenticity. May they know, Lord, they will never have to hide themselves to get what you have for them. May they know that they will never have to become someone else to get what you have for them. May they know that they will never have to manipulate or deceive or break the rules in order to get what you have for them. But Lord, you have the power. You have the, the, the ability. You have the skill. You have the means. And Lord, most of all, you are committed to our well-being and our love. To produce in us what only you can produce. To finish what only you can start it. And to complete what only you have promised. And so my brothers and sisters, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, God bless you all and thank you. Amen.